This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome into another edition of the Winning Plays Podcast. My name is Brian Robb. Rich is off getting uh, married this weekend. Congratulations to Rich. So we're bringing in a big gun to fill in. Chris is that Harrisburg. an excuse? Is that an excuse we can use now? Like getting married and having babies is... I get, yeah, this is real life. Life's life's getting in the way of podcasting. It happens sometimes, but it, it, but I'm not devastated by this because Chris Forsberg, uh, <laughs> reporter extraordinaire of NBC Sports Boston, is is here, and uh, we've had a week here, Chris. We've had a week, and I want to bring this up most of all because we're going to get into the coaching, we're going to get into the the trade. I want to get into your takes on that and where the, this team goes from here. But, um, you know, as a regular listener of the Celtics Talk podcast, I can only laugh on Wednesday when a fresh podcast of yourself and the great uh, Jay King of The Athletic drops. And then no less than maybe was it an hour later that the, so, the, the coaching hire was made? L- let, me, let me give you the let me give you the full timeline here is that because uh, everyone everyone in the podcasting business can appreciate how quickly <laughs> you become outdated. Uh, I called Jay King on on Tuesday. I go, look, man. I'm kind of like, I need to do a podcast, but I'm kind of sweating doing a podcast uh, because this coaching news is probably going to come down pretty soon and I don't want it to be outdated immediately, but maybe, maybe if I can bug you for like an hour, uh, maybe like, we'll just talk about all things besides coaching. And that way, even if something does happen, we're still like pretty in the clear a little bit. Uh, but you know, I made the joke at the start of the podcast. I said, well, you know, recording this, knowing that 30 minutes after this post, it, the, the, the coaching decision is going to be announced and 30 minutes after the podcast posted on NBC sports, Boston, uh, that afternoon, we got a, we got a new coach, but, uh, yeah, just gave us another excuse to do a new, another podcast, uh, like 12 <laughs> hours later. I hope I keep saying, you know, uh, the, the podcast with Jay was really good. Uh, we talked a lot about what we'll probably talk about today and people can still listen to that. So hopefully people like, you know, there's no reason you can't just listen to two episodes. It's it's like a bonus. I'm just looking forward to listening to it just to, to laugh at that first comment you made. Oh my God. Um, and then I, I said it again at the end. After I think we talked about Ime Adoka of, of quite a bit too at the end there. And, uh, and then just, you know, just speaking it into existence. That's what we do. Is. So maybe we can speak into existence some roster moves for this team uh, moving <laughs> forward. What's the next trade? Brad's going to, you can be done by uh, July fourth with uh, the whole roster. <laughs> no, you're not even going to need, not even going to need the August. Uh, uh, you know, I, can we give cre- credit to Brad? Like, at least he's not messing around. No. I think we all wondered what would happen, and and so that's that's been my big thing this week. And maybe you, I don't know if you agree, but like these were two really big decisions they had with Kemba and the coach. And like, I don't know if I've heard people say they nailed them. I don't know if they nailed them. Like, I feel like I feel pretty good about what they did, but. Uh, at least they made decisions and sometimes as a front off you just got to make choices and so credit to Brad uh, not messing around and you know easing into this thing he's diving fully into uh, into decision making he really is and so let's let's start with the coach first since that's the the freshest thing here and I mean this isn't do you do you think their timetable was sped up a little bit here with all these other openings or do you think this was you know Obviously, they were clearly maybe, if not the best job out of the market. You know, I think the majority would think that if it was, even if it wasn't, you know, unanimous. But I do wonder whether, you know, this happened a little bit sooner, or they would decide, okay, we better wrap this up now because these guys are probably not going to mm-hmm. wait around for us. At least, you know, guys like Adoka, who probably had 
you know, multiple teams after him. Yeah. And I think just, you know, uh, we'll, we'll never know what their, you know, official order was, was Adoka their number one choice. Like I suspect he was based on, you know, the little timeline that we know of so far, but um, coaches were going to start to come off the market fast and furious. You know, we see Rick Carlisle go to Indiana now and, you know, Portland will probably make a decision here sooner than later, maybe as soon as the Clippers are out of the playoffs. And so, uh, it just feels like once those dominoes start falling, you don't want to be the team that's like, ah, well, do we want this one or that one? And so uh, I think it was pretty clear when Brad jumped on that call earlier this week and said, like, I'm not going to talk about this. It felt like they were probably getting down to the nitty gritty. And, right. uh, you know, so uh, credit to them for for moving quick. Like, I think we all keep saying it, right? Like, M.A. Adoka checks a whole bunch of the boxes that they were looking for. And so it sort of makes sense that it came together, but yeah, they had to wait till the nets were out probably before they could, could really pounce. And, you know, it's just part of the process, but uh, I like that, you know, they, they, again, you, you don't want to be the team that's sitting there when five other teams have made a decision and you're like, well, what are we doing? So uh, good on Brad for, for moving quick. And I mean, we can't really get into what, Adoga is going to be because no one knows. I mean, this is like this. No is, like, idea, that, right? that, that's why we can't really like that. That whole discussion, like, you know, like, yeah, it's he checks a lot of boxes. He clearly has the support of the stars, which again, this all is great. But what we're going to, I'm more fascinated to see what's going to happen with his staff now. Is mm-hmm. he going to um, bring back some of the C's assistants that, from what I hear, are some of them still are under contract? Yeah. Um, or is he going to, start with his own guys and it's going to be fascinating and standpoint and i'm also i think it's pretty clear he's probably going to bring in a a guy of a lot of uh head coaching experience next to him mm-hmm. i would imagine and that might mean we get you know brett brown and his amazing main Ooh. accent with, like I was, I was gonna go with a different brown i was gonna say mike brown oh sure that could be that could happen too yeah you know like i guess they have they have some uh hey, that's both have first roots there right so uh, yeah i, I mean, I mean there there there's there, there's so many connections with the with whether it's the pop tree or uh international coaching experience or like let's face it uh adoka played for seven different nba or like six different nba teams yeah, he got around i realized how like well traveled he was i was can like I, hey, can, I t- first, the whole can i tell you the thing i love most about him and uh so I, and I apologies to whoever posted this first. because it's, it's like, it's just an amazing find that I, I didn't even notice as I was going through basketball reference, but you know, okay. So he goes undrafted right. and then goes to the D league. His first team is the North Charleston low Gators uh, of the D league, a team that doesn't even exist anymore. They're like sure. uh, Florida something now. Uh, that's your but, territory down there. That's- well, that's the thing. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like I am Johnny South Carolina now. And I had no idea they had a D league team in North Charleston. And so uh, I'm slightly embarrassed. I'm also now on the hunt for a Jersey. So if anyone knows how to, like I can secure that without having to go to the thrift shop the next time I'm down. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's thin because I don't think they were there very long, but you know, this is a guy who had to really grind just to carve out a like role in the NBA. Like he goes to the D league for 50 games that 2002-03 season. When did the D-League start, by the way? Was that like well, nine, I mean, nine? Was it, like year, like, it had to be like year ten? two because I, I think that was up. the year two of the Low Gators or whatever, right? right? Like this is when the Celtics had a G-League team in Utah. Uh, <laughs> when, when when they'd literally have to send down, like Gabe Pruitt would go to Utah and he'd be like, oh, you're never going to see him again. It's not <laughs> like you just recall him from Portland for a, a spot start. 
but 2001. Yeah, like, so yeah, that oh, was really? he, he was probably there as it began. Literally, like, year two, uh, he is with the low. Yeah, so that's right. That that that. So that legitimately was they were one of the original teams, and uh, I can't even imagine what the competition level was like back then. He was. I found the pocket schedule for that year for the low gators and he was not on the cover so not very <laughs> highly touted even with the low gators but um you know clearly made an impression ends up with kobe and the lakers the next year for four games not much but then goes to france and to spain you know what i love is nothing has been necessarily easy for Ime, and it feels like he's had to prove himself at every level now he clearly they took a liking to him in San Antonio and pop puts him on that staff and talks about like, Hey, look, if you're just going to hang out after practices, you might as well be a coach. And, you know, he gets into it, into it that way. And uh, you know, but he was there for a championship in 2014, but has had to kind of wait for this opportunity, right? Like nine years. I mean, he's only 43 years old, but um, you know, it feels like he, he sort of had to pay his dues. And uh, that's what I just keep coming back to. The, the thing is like, everyone sort of says, we're kind of surprised this hasn't happened sooner than this and that he's ready for it. Uh, so I love, I love that he, you know, left the nest when the, the Spurs started to go downhill or, or at least went into a, a transition mode uh, and, and went with Brett Brown and then ends up on that super team in Brooklyn this year. Uh, I'm fascinated to see just like how much that path helps him with whatever's ahead. What, what was your biggest takeaway from, you know, now as we're all Googling, M.A. Adoka and trying to figure out like how what 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 will translate and and what what we should be excited about at the at the next level besides the the Nigerian Mortal yeah, Kombat the, the, fight. The fight yeah yeah like, which which sounds amazing well and we got I mean we'll, we'll have some fresh Prince talking later in the show I'm sure for you know his <laughs> fiance uh Nia Long there um I have a great story about that too so continue okay, yeah we'll say that for the end um yeah it, it based on every just this trajectory and the buzz there's been I don't know, like it kind of made me surprised, like, why didn't he get his opportunity mm-hmm. earlier? But then you look at it, like, okay, so he he left San Antonio probably when he figured out, okay, Pop is still going to be here for yeah. X amount of years longer, so I need to go, you know, I'm going to go get more money somewhere else. But then you go to Philly, and then it blows up on you in Philly that one year. So, obviously, he wasn't going to get a job after last season because he got, you know, his right. entire staff got canned, and that was a disaster for Philly. And then this is... And I'm not sure, I forgot how many openings there were, but now you look at him, okay, now this is, um, you know, seven, eight openings this year. Mm-hmm. And on top of him, obviously being with a super successful franchise in Brooklyn, where, um, you know, and working with a superstar talent there, where you can have, you know, from the subtle perspective too, that must just be oh, you know, not gosh. a huge thing, but it's a bonus. It's like, you know, you, you got an inside look at everyone there, and now you're coming up here. Like, that's the team you're going to have to take down if you're the Celtics. So that's just a little little bonus so i mean it's again it all you know just from talking to you it's like it's all going to come down to the the x's and o's element like they're going to have that wasn't their weak point ever here and they're going to have staff here to you know you know maximize that out of him and then from from the sounds of him he might be good on that for anyway we'll find out but it's like the connection with the player standpoint that's what's that clearly was a top priority here and it seems like based on his track record, like that's something he's going to be able to do. Do you think Jay Laranag is back? I mean, that's Tatum's guy, right? So it's Al Horford's guy too, right? And, and, oh, I forgot about Al's guy. That's right. Mm. And and Jay's made it through multiple coaching. I mean, a Doc Rivers survivor at this yeah. point. So, yeah, I mean, I would imagine that 
the you know the Celtics brass is going to advocate for those guys, but from mm-hmm. what I hear, it's I mean it's going to be Udoka's decision. So yeah. I it'll be interesting to see how he handles that because that is a, that's a tough decision for him because it's, it's yeah. you have you know you want to bring in your own guys and there's clear benefits to, to keeping the you know I mean the Celtics have tons of great assistants on staff that have been here for a long time whether it's Larry Nagger or like you know a guy who's come up the ranks like Morrison. Um, but then Jamie Young, Jamie Young, Young has been program. there since 2006. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, that's probably one of the longest tenured, you know, assistant coaches in the league period. And so, but then is the Doka being like, Oh, do I want to have, you know, I guess it's related with Brad too, in terms of like, are these yeah. people, do we have to, you know, do we feel good about that in terms of having that, you know, branch to the old era? So I don't know, but I would think, that I think I think happen. I think it's got to be a hodgepodge. It's got to yeah. be like when Brad came. Okay, so you know he brought Michael Shrewsbury because he wanted that familiarity with one of his his top bench guys. But they kept Jay Larinaga, and then they went out and got him Ron Adams, who had sort of that knowledge right. of the league. So you know, okay, whether that's Brett Brown or Mike Brown or whoever it is, the you know the Mike D'Antoni of Steve Nash. Can you bring in a guy who uh, has been there and done it and is there to lend support, but then you also have Larinaga and Morrison. And, you know, again, if those guys don't find other opportunities that uh, intrigue them, like clearly some of their staff has seen the writing on the wall here and Jerome Allen taking the the, the job in Detroit, you know, it's understandable. It's it, it, you can't bring everybody back, especially if he's going to bring in some of his crew, but yeah, I think Brad would, you know, Brad loves, uh, institutional knowledge and uh, that's why Al Horford is back so um, I can see him you know advocating as you said for for some of those guys to stick around yeah so I'll be I'll usually just play out and it sounds like we're gonna hear from him next week whenever they do officially announce that we're recording this on a on a Thursday night here um, but yeah it's uh, again I don't think just based on what his track record is so far it because that just checks the boxes and now we'll see is he going to be at summer league what's he going to do on that from staff standpoint and how does he run out of staff that's what's i think going to be the intriguing thing to keep an eye on as we move forward um okay we we, we heard from al horford today Ooh. um invigorated al invigorated horford. al for did you, you know al horford is excited to be here did back in Boston. He, I mean, you, you were the one who said it, like, you know, <laughs> your, your sources were, were spot on on, on that one. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think you were going out on the limb. I know. I was really, after, I was reaching on that one <laughs> after, after the failed Philadelphia experiment and being in uh, basketball, Siberia in Oklahoma city for the past. Uh, and uh, look, but Oklahoma city was a good experience for him, right? Because he was the lone veteran who had to sort of be that, that, that uh, veteran guy. And, uh, mentor guy, but also they took care of him and, and got his knees right. The Celtics should be sending bouquets of flowers to the Oklahoma City uh, medical staff because it, it sounds like Al feels pretty good coming in here. I did get a little leery when you asked him about if he's going to be pretty planning back to backs, and he was like, ah, I guess that's the plan. And I'm like, man, <laughs> we, we've heard that before where Kemba's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be playing. So I'm a little bit leery about that, but. You know, the one thing I come back to with with Al and, you know, you can't expect him to be the 30 year old all star. They plucked out of Atlanta and was sort of like a focal point of those teams. But the one thing he has consistently done throughout his career is he's made guys around him better. And whether that was I.T. being an MVP candidate in that first year or Kyrie having the best season of his career when he was here, Al 
just because of the way he plays and the way he facilitates and the basketball IQ is going to make players better. And I, so I'm intrigued. Like, I, I feel like you could just kind of pencil in that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to have really, really good years because Al's going to help them figure that out. And what that translates to, I don't know, because I don't know what Al Horford necessarily is going to be able to do. Like, can he keep hitting threes? Like, you know, it's gone down the last couple of years, uh, but he can still pick and pop. He can uh, be a better backline defender than anything they've got right now, even at 35 with bad knees. So uh, Rob Williams excluded, like, but I'm just assuming <laughs> that, you know, you got to split those minutes anyway. So, uh, but yeah. Better on D than de- defensive stalwart Tristan Thompson. I mean, I know that's, that blows your mind. Uh, I don't know if you, you, if you listen to the Celtics talk pod uh, in the aftermath of the Kemba trade, uh, my, I think my, my, after we got through the initial of it, I, I asked Gal, I said, so, you know, how quickly until they trade Tristan Thompson? And uh, he goes, oh no, they need all of them. And I literally fell out of my chair because I just couldn't, fathom the idea that that they would keep seven bigs here uh and well, uh they could use all of them for 40 million dollars mm, that doesn't like oof. yeah they could they need another veteran big probably at the minimum yeah. not at you know 10 million dollars and nice. so but i guess what this keba trade does on that front at least is that like the, the pressure to move on from thompson from from just from a, from a financial standpoint goes away a bit like you can yeah. they can wait their turn they can wait to see if some other team gets desperate, maybe you get, you know, before it was like, okay, what are we going to have to, you know, give up to get rid of to Thompson if we need for the money. Now it's like, okay, maybe we'll see how this works for a while. And then, um, you know, pull the trigger if we, we find something we like. So from that standpoint, it's good. I've, I'm curious to know, and I wrote about this a little bit today on mass live, like the outward for your, the reunion thing, the, the story's great the second chance, unfinished business, et cetera. Realistically though, like what are the odds that he's actually around beyond a year? Oh, like, uh, and is there no, anything I'm... he can do to like change that? That's what Mike, you're like, yeah. Like, cause you said like, uh, if the fit works and like, and he still has stuff left in the tank, like he's obviously a useful player, not at $25 million, but like when you're talking about the guaranteed money for next year and right. whether they're going to be, going after big names or maybe they're not going to go after big names. Maybe they're going to build the other me. I don't know. Obviously all those balls are still in the air right now. So I'm curious, like what, I mean, the odds are clearly that, that it's just going to be a, a pit stop, not like a, a fun long-term story, but like what, what could change it in your mind to be, you know, not be a pit stop. If yeah. If he's like really good. And again, really good in my mind, isn't like going back to all-star Al, it's just making players better with, with being able to be out there and playing 25, 30 minutes a night and being serviceable on defense and, and all that, you know, just, just the net rating when he's out there popping like it usually does. And if he does that, then I could see him being back next season, but it'll all hinge on, you know, do they need that space? Can they move them in a trade and, and get value? You know, like they can't afford to have to pay another first round pick to get off his contract next year. Right. So it all just comes down to what makes the most financial sense. So if ultimately the plan here is just to be in the cap game in 2023, then yeah, maybe he's here. Maybe it's, you know, I thought at first when they made the move, I said, I could see them stretching that final year, you know, but it's like $4.8 million over three years, probably not tenable. Like, you know? And that sort of come down like, what's, is he a good player? Like if he's a $10 million player at that point, then you don't do that. If he's right. Uh, a veterans men player or like a biannual player, then yeah, maybe you think about that. Yeah. You know, and again, it it might just hinge on if you need the money, if you know, okay, if you can get the guy you want at whatever you need to clear, 
but I, it's hard for me to also think that they're going to keep the books clean. You know, I think Brad understands the long-term vision, but you know, is Evan Fournier coming back for two years? It, you know, like there is value in that for him if he gets overpaid and can get back into the free agency market at 30. But um, you know, if someone comes in with four years, we, didn't we go through this now? You know, right. like we, we, always, we, we always say, Oh, they're not going to get blown out of the water by a deal. And then some team comes along and blows them out of the water with a deal. And so, uh, I, you know, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Uh, I think there should be some hesitation about how much you're willing to pay, not just because of financial flexibility, but because, you know, let's face it, the, the player has some deficiencies and, and, you know, that being said, they need shooting, they need size, they need that other kind of wing guy. Uh, but, you know, how much faith do you have in Neesmith and Langford and their ability to develop and, and play that spot? You know, would you be better served not spending that money than using your exceptions to go chase the Larry Nance or Kyle Anderson or whatever the, the names we'll get into will be to, to fill that sort of four spot. And, you know, I don't know, like, uh, Poor Brad Stevens, man. Like, there's still a ton of questions here to answer. Uh, oh, and like, and the point guard, which you know, yeah. I, I think we all think it's going to be Marcus Smart now, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, that's that's very much up, up in the air at that point. Are you cool, uh, are you cool with like? Because I, I, I'm fascinated by asking everybody this now. Are you cool with Marcus Smart being the point, the starting point guard for this team? I honestly thought that's what they were going to do two years ago before mm-hmm. they went after Kemba. Um, so yeah, I mean, you weren't you, you weren't buying Terry Rozier. I wasn't buying. Yeah, I was not buying the Terry Rozier starting point guard plan at that point. I thought that was well, uh, egg is on your face. Exactly. I, right. That's you know, that, that that's my fault. Um, but no, it's. Uh, I think that's the default option. Obviously, at this point, I do think that you know, smart trade value will be investigated. And mm-hmm. but if I'm curious again, I. If, if I'm smart right now with this, or if I'm Brad Stevens with smart, like I don't, I know smart is probably going to be banging the, the door for an extension. Mm. I don't go there yet. Um, unless the price is really right. Um, Cause I want to keep my options open from that standpoint. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't, I don't necessarily think the Celtics will get what they want for smart in a deal, which makes the, the plan right now easily to say, okay, here you go. Here are the keys to the car, Marcus. Um, we maybe should have done this a couple of years ago, but now we're going to try it again. And and if it doesn't work, you get to the season. Right. Yeah, you like it. You can, and, you and can you reevaluate. reevaluate. Right. So, and that's why I think, you know, I, I know people, a lot of people have said we don't see them being overly aggressive at the start of free agency or, you know, using those exceptions. And like, look, look, there, there's there's going to be hardships. Like, you, you just can't, you probably can't take back a player in a sign and trade and be hard capped if you splurge on Fournier. And so there's, there's a whole bunch of, of obstacles along the way, but you know, you can go $15 million into the tax and then get to the February and figure out right. All right, what do you, what are we doing now that might screw you again? If you make a Daniel Tice type move and, you know, just trying to, to dodge the money and, and you have to sacrifice talent and it bites you at, at the end, but um, not the worst position to be in. If you are, if you have to sort things out here at the start of the year, but uh, cause, cause like right now they're not probably a, a championship caliber roster. Uh, a lot would have to break right, so they've they've got to figure some stuff out. Yeah, it is like you said that always having that in your back pocket, just being able to reevaluate mid season when you are in attack and you have players that you feel like you'll be able to move. Um, like I said, if, as long as you don't wait till the buzzer and get you know have to throw an extra cash and a decent player. Who, who are your guys? Like who who do you want to see them? I, like 
do now do we start playing the game where we're like who does adoka have relationships with that they yeah, go right around lamarcus aldridge yes yeah <laughs> done I mean, um, if, only, if only he'd been here last year, you know, maybe, right? maybe, uh, but maybe the hard thing, whatever. I know the hard thing too. Uh, Patty, Patty Mills now. Like, yeah. Uh, like, so yeah. Anyone in San Antonio, there is a lot of, there are a lot of free agents coming out of San Antonio this year, mm-hmm. whether it's gay or, or Mills. I think Mills would be great. Um, I don't think, I don't know. I wonder what he wants at this point in his career, or whether he's just going to, you know, sign a cheap deal with like the Nets or something like that, just to right, right. get a shot at another ring. I think something like that could very much be in play, but um, they'd obviously have a, a pretty big role for him here or any, you know, point guard that's on the market. Um, yeah. Gay is an issue. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't gone down t- too far that rabbit hole, but I think, I think that's just where you start is, is the San Antonio's of the world. And then, or just the, I think point guard in general, there's, there's a lot of point guard talent around this league. And it seems like, you know, not that there's a lot of great ones on the market this summer, but I feel like that's a, that's a hole you can probably fill for a little less you know, cost and obviously yeah, like a wing or something like that. Am I crazy? I, I want to call Chicago and ask about Sadoransky. I just want size yeah. at that, you know. What are they going to, like, they're in a, such a weird spot, Chicago, because they're, like, they lose the freaking eighth pick. And now Levine's coming up. One more year left in his deal. So it's like, they got to go all in now, but they don't have any cap room if they keep right. they Young have, and Sadoransky. So they were trending towards cap room, right? And then they made right. all those moves. And, and now you've got tough decisions to make. Uh, about how and so are you all in on Kobe White and if you are then is Sadoransky available and so you know that's those are the spots where those trade exceptions or Tristan Thompson's contract or whatever can come into come in handy for the Celtics um, to get guys that you know again you don't have to sign and trade and and hard cap yourself and worry about all the the obstacles that go into it Um, you know and again if you're committed to Marcus Smart as your starting point guard you don't necessarily need a game changer at that's a pun on play on Marcus Martin nicknames there. Uh, you don't need a game changer at the, at the point guard spot, but you do need probably some more depth. And every, I like, I had a lot of people in the comments who were very upset that like I somehow took that as Peyton Pritchard slander. Um, like, look, I think he's going to play. Yeah. And, and he, he's very serviceable backup. You can shoot 41% from three on your first year. You're going to play, you know, in like deep range. I love, I love everything about the way Peyton Pritchard played. He also had a, like a, a real swoon in the middle of the season where I didn't think he was nearly as impactful as he was at times. And so, um, you know, I think there's just a limitation on, on, on what necessarily he'll be early in his career. So uh, backup playing 20 something minutes a night, that's fine. You know, like, and, and maybe it trends upward from there as he gets more comfortable in the league. Uh, but I just want I just want size at that position. I want size across the board where, you know, the Celtics don't have multiple players that are getting picked on when they're out there. Like if you do bring back Fournier uh, and we saw what the Nets did and targeting him. And I mean, obviously, Tristan, when he, when he was in that game and some of that switching they did. So uh, I just hope they find uh, if one thing we've know uh, from the scouting report on on email is that he wants a defensive minded team and the Celtics are desperate to get back to the defensive DNA that we know Brad loves. So Horford and, and uh, Tatum Brown smart and, you know, another player in there, whether that's Fournier or whatever uh, you know, maybe you got something there. Right. And it is, it's going to be a lot easier to play Fournier defensively when like teams don't have Kemba to pick on. Out yes, there. exactly. So that again, you, you solve that problem. And you hope again that Al is moving around better than he was, you know, two years ago in Philly from a you know maintenance standpoint. And we'll see what you know the six the six months of rest does from from there. 
Well, I mean, eight months of rest really helped Tristan Thompson. So uh, <laughs> who had, who had a hamstring injury from the first day of training camp and never, it took him a while. Like I'll admit like Tristan won me over a little bit more uh, as the season went on, but then the playoffs happened and those pick and rolls hey, and, you know, game just, three was impressive. With, yeah. with him, but then you had every, all the games one, two, four, and five. So, yeah, if you can get, you know, one of those is fine. But um, yeah, like you said, the the defense. I mean, they were just Swiss cheese, obviously. Um, but that's. Uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what uh, how that all shakes out there. What um, do you have any Moses Brown thoughts? Uh, I think Al Horford is a tremendous hype man. <laughs> like really re- almost criminally talked him up. Uh, you know, it's funny because obviously Celtics fans look at that one game where he had one great half against the Celtics, but the rest of the resume is, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I keep hearing people say, if that's your 16th pick this year, that, that's fine. You know, it's probably just as much of a swing to hope that that guy develops as, you know, whoever they would have drafted. I think the other, the 16th pick would add a little bit more upside, but um, can't hurt have size and you're not tied to a whole lot of guaranteed money so you, you take the flyer and see what it is like probably squeezes luke Cornette out here but otherwise i don't think it's a big deal um they could have used the seven foot two big man in the past postseason that you could throw in there and maybe cross your fingers uh so hopefully this is and i shouldn't say hopefully because i really like taco but i just think they need better two-way players are more reliable two-way players. Like I'd love to give tackle fall all the time in the world to, to, to come along and figure this thing out. But, you know, one of the luxuries that other teams had in this COVID season was they could lean on two-way guys. And I don't know if the Celtics have been able to do that necessarily with confidence. You know, there's always these flashes too, even with Tremont, but um, you know, I, I just, I, I just think they need to start thinking about uh, having depth when depth has been questioned in past years. And maybe some of that will hinge on roster building and maybe have a bit more flexibility if if brad just does what we expect him to do and and loads up with like 40 veterans on this bench it is funny i mean the two-way deals you know you get you look around the league and there's so many like guys that turn into like hidden gems um all like not not all the time but enough max truth mac yeah max Drew, i mean like you know like duncan robinson was a two-way guy like i mean like not i mean not not that there are a ton of duncan robinson's out there but then you look at what's come out of the Celtics in that spot over the years. And they really have, it's like the guys that they, that they did have in those spots went on to become something good, but not here. Like whether it's yeah. like DJ Dozer or, or Nader, obviously, and you don't blame him on Nader because he just, you know, flamed out. But that's, like you said, the last two years, waters and fall, like have given them pretty close to nothing. And it, it's about time where you're like given the, the depth and what you know the needs of of wanting wings and stuff like that around the league like that's clearly an area where you you probably want to take a second look yeah you uh i, I sent you a, a text when you tweeted uh that al horford said that uh, a, lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the young guys were were in were in the hour back center working out or working hard and i said yeah working hard packing their bags <laughs> because i just think the back end of this roster has to be overhauled and you know i'd love to give carson edwards all the all, all the time in the world and you know like i will relent that not having a g league team last year really hurt like you didn't sure. you weren't able to get whether it's guys from that 19 class or the two-way guys reps and you know you needed them at times but uh you know maybe their development is hastened if they're able to play more 
Uh, it would be a, certainly a luxury to be able to send guys up there when Romeo got yanked from the rotation. You know, maybe you go send him up there and let him, you know, learn his way more than uh, just rotting away on the bench for a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know. They've got, they've got to, to prioritize those spots because every roster spot matters and development matters. And if you're, if, if again, if Brad Stevens is going to load up on proven players and not have the same sort of long-term vision as maybe Danny Ainge did, then you really got to maximize the end of the the very end and those two-way spots where you're developing your youngest players uh, and trying to, to get them to a spot where they can contribute. So out of that, I mean, there's obviously guys that the odds are against them being here next year uh, on that front. Obviously we talked about Taco and Tremont, um, Carson Edwards, you know, I think he'll be, he'll get a chance to earn a spot, but I think the odds are against him there. Out of, God, bless, God bless him for getting a guaranteed deal. I know, right? Those, summer those league. Four years. Summer league, just a, a magical summer league. Him, that was a tribute to Jordan Mickey, the the, the magical <laughs> summer league for his performance to get a, a three-year deal that um, with the and Every time they sign one of those contracts, we sit there and go, oh man, there's the Celtics right. using that, that like, you know, little loophole to lock up those second round picks. And it just hasn't always worked out for them, but you know, not probably, I mean, I guess it is their fault that they didn't draft guys that are surefire hits, but you know, all second round picks are sort of rolls of the dice. Yeah. And when it well, works, the fact it, is like it, they, they stick with them for too long. What they did with yeah. for the, for like, I think we're not like whatever, two years is two years, but like sometimes you can, you know, look at that spot last year and be like, yeah, that they probably would have been better off finding one of these veteran minimum guys and yeah. just taking the loss. And I mean, would that have saved anything, everything last year? No, but would they have probably won a couple more games? Yeah. And that matters. Like, I think, I think, I mean, we kept saying you're not not playing the Nets in the first round, right? (laughs) which I mean, I I hate to like harp on last year. I'm trying my best not to drudge it up every time we do one of these things, but yeah, you know, you just sort of look back and think, man, if if they hadn't have been so, so bad for, for stretches and if Tatum doesn't catch COVID, if they don't have the, like, you know, this, this, the whole narrative around the season, maybe there would be, maybe Brad Stevens want to be the president of basketball operations. Sure. Maybe, you know, uh, M.A. Adoka is somewhere else. And so E.M.A. Adoka is, and so uh, I'm going to, uh, that's the other thing. Uh, I'm going to keep mispronouncing his name in the vein of Ennis Cantor, who I called Inez Cantor <laughs> probably for four months. And so uh, apologies uh, immediately to E.M.A. Adoka, who I will eventually get his name right. Even though the basketball reference page has it completely wrong. Do they? That's good to know. That's I think scary, I think they have it as M A U Doka, and uh, but it's not. It's Ime Adoka, right? Am I doing that right? I think yeah, Ime. I think no, we're going with that. Right, cool. I mean, I'm like an hour into the podcast, and like <laughs> I've been talking about this guy all week, so I hope I hope I've uh, I've got the spelling down. Did you say you had a good knee along story? Because I I do. No, no, no. I I, I just wanted to talk. I just wanted some fresh prints talk to finish up. But I'll all right. Well, well I, let, let, let's talk about the roster. And let's get to that. We can just keep stringing people along with that because I do I do think that's like a, a fascinating <laughs> subplot to all this. But right. um, so yeah, so like if you're just guessing off the top of your head, is Jabari back? Oh, I forgot about Jabari. No, no. I think See, that, I think he is. You think he? Okay, well, if he's back, I don't think he and like Grant can be back because I think that's so like redundancy. So you got to pick. You got to pick it. Yeah, pick so there. Maybe maybe that comes down to just if you're making a deal right. and you need some. I, I hate to say float some in there, but like you know, if if you do need just some filler in there, and, and Grant should be more than filler at this point. Um, I still like the potential he's got, but I think we also understand 
uh, that, you know, the downside of the player and that you would, you know, if you can't play the four, just brought back Al Horford, who's going to play some small ball five. And if Jabari's back, you're playing small ball five. So I don't know. I don't know where, where Grant fits into all that, which is too bad because uh, I do think in the right situation, he'll thrive, but it's uh, it certainly has not been here. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm thinking at least four or five spots are, are open and maybe just two, maybe that's just two of the two way guys. Um, but uh, some work to be done at the, at the back end to just have guys that you feel comfortable leaning on. Yeah. I'm, I mean, Cause I think Romeo and Neesmith are probably safe yep. just because you just want to see what you have. Cause you're selling low with either of those guys, if you're going to move them now. Um, and then, yeah. So it's like, I think you're just looking at the bigs and like you said, clearing out the, the back end of the roster for spots. So, I mean, who knows there's, there's could be still a major trade to be made, whether it's smart or Thompson. Um, but for now they'll just be, I think lots of new names in play. Um, I need I need you to write one. the I need you to write the teams that need a Tristan Thompson like center. Yeah, story. yeah, that, that's on the radar. I need to like, Port, go through. Portland, like they Port- love for, recent <laughs> right. former Celtic centers. So I feel like I feel like you should explore that. I feel like the Grizzlies owe us because uh, you gave them Desmond Bain for pretty much nothing right. to facilitate that. Oh, so, here's trade. the thing: like that people keep thinking, oh, they they need to dump use the first round pick to dump Cantor. They didn't because the, the Blazers just took Cantor outright for nothing. Right. So did that just, did they just say they wanted him after the draft, after that deal was made? Like that's, that's a little bit of a, I mean, I, obviously the Celtics didn't want the roster spot at the time. So they just wanted, they traded the, the first round pick for future picks, but um, I, I'm, I'll be curious to see how that all came to fruition. Yeah. I mean, again, you can't, you can no longer afford to be giving up first round picks to make these sort of moves nope. and you've had to do it multiple times. So, and you didn't really have to with that Ennis Cantor situation in hindsight, maybe it would have been about fine to bring him back, but uh, that's, that's where I'm interested to see what Brad does. You know, you can't, can't sacrifice future assets anymore. There's no treasure chest. In- no, there's not. Um, um, all right. And, let And holding so we'll see. No, it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch here. All right, I'm I'm dying for this uh, Neil Long story. Oh, okay, so uh, the, the, I mean it's not really exciting. It's just I I knew the name, but I, I couldn't place the face, uh, or like I hadn't Googled yet. And uh, so we were talking about it. My my, my you know my, some friends were over and they said, "What do we need to know about this new coach?" And so Neil Long invariably comes up. And my and, and my wife says, oh, uh, she was on Fresh Prince. And now my kids, 12 and nine, have been binging Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And so, you know, again, in my mind, I'm like, wait, who? And then I realized she was Lisa, Will's uh, girlfriend on the show and eventually right. wife, I think. Uh, and so my kids are beyond thrilled with the coaching hire now because they have, <laughs> they have they have a connection, at least with the coach. Like this is this is important. And uh, I likewise am excited. And it's every time someone asks me about him, I, I want to say all the normal stuff. Like he was a former NBA player and seven years in San Antonio, but now I just default to, uh, he is married to Lisa from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or engaged. They're I, engaged. I, yeah. So they, I, from, from my wife's research, they've been engaged <laughs> for years, but they, you know, just don't, you know, they're, so you just don't decide to get married. So there's yeah. together, which is great, yeah, which is, I feel like super common these days. 
Um, but I, I love the fact that your kids love Fresh Prince. Uh, if, if, if one thing I've tried to do as a parent, and I don't, I don't try to put them in front of the TV too much, but if they are going to be there, um, at least expose them to the classics. And so it started with like Fuller House and then going back to Full House sure. and then Saved by the Bell. And so pretty much anything we binged as 80s, 90s kids, uh, I have tried to uh, implore upon them. But, you know, we, what we about Boy this... Meets World? Do you have Boy Meets World in that rotation yet? Or you know, you uh, I'm glad Jay King is not on this podcast today because he would be very upset. They tried to watch Girl Meets World and were not fans of the reboot, but they did like Boy Meets World. We, okay. just, didn't get, we just didn't get very far. You know, I, I don't think we, uh, we binged quite as much as, uh, as, uh, as some of the other shows. They love Sister Sister. Sure. Um, they got Wonder the Years? Did you put Wonder Years, or is that? Too oh, old? see, I, I think that's a little bit too far back. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, I, 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 we're trying like every show that was on TGI Friday on okay. uh, the, uh, I, I can't on the network. I can't name because I work for NBC. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like anything that's available on Peacock uh, right now. If my bosses are tuning in, we are we are actively. <laughs> that's why we did say by the bell, um, and maybe eventually I can get them into uh, now that we have Peacock um wwf wrestling is on there oh. and my, my youngest will watch it and, and finds it somewhat fascinating when i'm wearing ultimate warrior t-shirts but um not not enough to uh get them to go to an event or anything like that quite yet but maybe maybe now that we're coming out of this pandemic right all right so that's i don't i mean i think you said that was an exciting i think that's exciting your kids are watching fresh prince and that's you know i mean like and the, the garden crowd's gonna give Neil Long a, a huge ovation if they oh my god side um maybe get carlton out there get Carl, get the carlton dance. <laughs> um alfonso riviero appears to have copious amounts of free time between hosting america's funniest home videos and every project that's on uh other networks so uh no disrespect everyone's got to work and uh, i mean he's had quite a career I, I don't i'm sorry that we've i've completely hijacked your your podcast with uh this always happens too like i went uh, i was doing me and chris gasper were doing one and uh turned into like southern fast food and i just get so energized to be talking about geeky things that aren't Celtics basketball at times uh but yeah um that's where i'm at with uh with with ma adoka and and Nia Long, and uh, maybe Hillary can come hang out, and uh, all the all the all the Fresh Prince people, both moms, both. Uh, did you watch the Fresh Prince? Did you ever watch the Fresh Prince reu- reunion? No, I don't think I saw that. Oh, they, so they have both moms together for that, or what? Yeah, so or? like Will was had not spoken to the original mom because there was, was some a contract thing, right? Yeah, right, right. Like uh, if it was like as if he was Danny Ainge and would not resign her to a rookie extension, and right. uh, it really hurt her career, and she was really hurt by it. And uh, you know, it, it was it was it was the 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 key moment of the of the reunion, uh, and it was better than the the friends reunion, unfortunately. So. Um, <laughs> So is that was that recent? Was that I have to look this up? Yeah, I, I want to say the Fresh Prince reunion was during the season. I I, I had to I had to DVR it for a while, but um, eventually got to it on HBO Max or whatever. Or or maybe Peacock had it because I, I can't keep saying other networks while I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm on a podcast. So um, Peacock, yeah, just if you could, if everyone could like and subscribe to Peacock, that, that, that would that would keep, probably help. Keep my, Chris employed and. Oh, uh, watch the olympics this year please yes. and um uh yeah that, that's what i got so yeah that's what 
I guess this is a good place to wrap it. I guess that'll be our how, next how's, how's dad. How's dad life? Um, I used to love, uh, we just sort of stole parent corner from the Bill Simmons podcast. Whenever uh, like Abby would come on Celtic sock, we just like break out into, you know, we, I think we renamed it, uh, you know, something parent, you know, parent patter or something like that. But um, you know, how, how is, how is the infancy of, of dadhood going for you and, and trying to cover a, a basketball team via zoom? Yeah, it's um, it's, gotten a lot easier since uh sleep has started happening more consistently for sure um my wonderful wife kate is still on maternity leave right now so um we was hoping it'd be a quiet week so we could hang out more but the public side had to put it <laughs> aside like no you're you know you're going back to work right away full time even though we're out of the playoffs um but yeah i mean kid it's uh just uh, it's just amazing how many you know you think how many times, you know, crap falls out of a diaper. You just didn't, you know, oh, yeah. just things like that. And it's already, I'm already two months in. I'm just like, you know, nothing grosses me out anymore. Really. I think that's just kind of the bottom line. Right. And, and you had great, you had great preparation because you watched the 2020 Celtics uh, for, <laughs> for six months. So you were, you were used to crapping yourself. Crap uh, everywhere. Yeah. Crap everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I, uh, well, I mean, I feel bad. We, we, we jumped on. And I said, you know, when that baby sleeps, you, you guys are supposed to sleep. So um, and now here I am rambling about the Fresh Prince and bad diapers. So oh, uh, the important yeah. things. No, this is again, we're we're getting sleep during the night now. So this is after a month. You, you feel like a million bucks when you get a few in a <laughs> row. So uh, it could be all night podcasting at this point. But Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston. Um, Subscribe to Peacock. Subscribe to Peacock. <laughs> uh, download the NBC Sports app. Um, first guest ever on the Celtics Sub podcast um, back in 2010. Was that true? That was your first one? Yeah, that was. We did it all-star you're, weekend. You're, yeah, you're the only one who would ever come on with me for that. I could, I could get on I, at that I, point. I had a lot and of we just And we, we did just take up the uh, Emi Udoka 2009 scouting report on Celtics Sub as a player so that was uh uh that, that was, was amazing by the way uh i always wondered how long it would be until i, I had a full circle moment like that and it has not <laughs> not to that level uh that shows the depth of reporting that celtics hub did back yeah, in the right. day <laughs> you and zach breaking down emma adoka's free agent potential coming back a decade and plus later is the ultimate and we'd leave no stone unturned there's no way i would have gone that deep on on potential potential options very, very sad time. Um, all right, Chris, thanks so much for hopping on for late night. Uh, we will make sure you listen to him on the Celtics Talk, Celtics Talk podcast. Also, <laughs> or you go back and listen to Celtics Talk. That would be great. Or right, listen to Celtics Talk. You can dig those up on SoundCloud. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot, Chris. And thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>